Welcome to the Path 5 Podcast. The Path 5 team is a dedicated group of professionals hailing from diverse backgrounds, all anchored in making the world a safer place. Thanks for joining us while we dive into today's topic. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. It's a me, a Da Vinci, your host this evening. Thank you guys so much for taking some time out of your busy schedules to join us. Uh, the team's got a fun one tonight. We're talking about... What are we talking about? Fraud. Waste. And abuse. But of the government type. So, or not not just government type, but many different types that we've seen throughout our uh, throughout our careers. And we're, we got some fun stories. It should be a more uplifting one. But before we get to that, while you guys are listening to the podcast. Ironically uplifting. Ironically uplifting, yeah. yes. You gotta laugh um, or else you'll cry, I guarantee you. <laughs> Absolutely. And while you guys are listening to the podcast, go ahead. If you got some time, hop on the Instagram, check out our campsite bio. And uh, we've got some new merch that's on there. I think we've got some hats that just dropped. Yeah. Some sweet teas for summer if you're getting out on the boats and cohos. Yeah. Or uh, wanting to tan it up in the Hindu Kush, we got some we've got some pretty cool merch. So get on there, check it out, and uh, enjoy this episode. Yeah, we got uh, two more shirt designs dropping in the next week. We've got uh, another one on the way, uh, currently being designed by Da Vinci himself. Yes, my creative juices are slowly working on that one. Ooh, yeah, I'm struggling. But I'm struggling. Uh, I'm struggling onward, struggling upward. <laughs> Fail forward, right? <laughs> I'm the glory. That's right. All right. Uh, first off, you want to talk about Midas? You want to talk about some uh, some Dewalt, some Dewalt, Dewalt? However you yeah. say it, it's Dewalt people. I say it's it Dewalt, Dewalt, but Dewalt, Dewalt. I feel like some people might say it Dewalt. You know, if you're German, uh, I don't know. Dev, you know, Devot. Devot. I used the Devot on my Porsche. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Kick us off, Midas. Yeah. 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 So, over the course of our military and government uh, careers, we have seen a lot of head scratching stuff. We'll just put it that way. Where were you like? Especially uh, right around April, it always gets me or used to get me because uh, you, you know, sit down, TurboTax or H&R Block, you do your taxes and you're like, fuck, man. And you, you realize really get that. The, the 20K that you gave to the feds ain't coming back to you. Yeah, 20K, yeah. exactly. Or, or whatever <laughs> that amount might be, but it, it's, it was at least that. And, and then all of a sudden you start looking around you and you're like, wait a minute. Where, where did that money go? What was it used for exactly? And that's kind of what this episode's about. Uh, and and I've got one kind of funny story. It's not really funny, but um, I don't know the answer to this, but Bronial, uh, a 20-foot container mm-hmm. packed to the gills with boxes of uh, DeWalt toolkits. How much do you think that that's worth? That's got to be up there. I'd say at least like a hundred and something. Okay. 
Oh yeah, I, yeah, I would say at least maybe in the north. 30s, maybe yeah, I was gonna say north of two fifty. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a lot like, of tools. Yeah, we're talking Lamborghini money here, right? <laughs> and no shit, there was in Afghanistan, and all of a sudden, task force comes around and wants to start opening up containers, and they're like, "Oh, have you opened up this one?" I was like, "No." We've been pretty busy. We haven't been rat fucking around trying to see what's in connexes that haven't moved for six, seven years. You know, it's like not not really interested in that. So anyhow, we start cracking open connexes because at that point it was pretty clear that we were going to be popping smoke and getting out of there um, in, you know, the next two years time frame. <laughs> and as we did and, uh, I think they just wanted to inventory everything in country, figure out what was worth bringing back ahead of time, that whole thing. But they, they cracked open this container. None of us had the keys to that shit. And we go in and it, like I said, it's, it's literally packed to the gills with nothing but DeWalt tool sets. I mean, we're talking like hundreds of them. And it's like, what the fuck? Like, why? Like, why are these here in Afghanistan? It's like when we sit there and say that we need better tools to handle the problem, we don't actually mean like power tools. You know, it's just, <laughs> it's ridiculous. And then it turns out it was just one of those many things that we purchased for the Afghan military, thinking that, you know, they're going to be like an eight year old child with their new drill, you know, or, for an eight-year-old, like a hammer or a level, maybe if you get them, they're walking around the house banging on every fucking thing they can. You know that curiosity's flown. It's like no, these guys just like. Well, first of all, they never got them <laughs> because they, they were just sat in a car. locked in a fucking metal box. Uh, so it, it's just I don't know. It, it, it's pretty interesting. It's like you. You start peeling back the layers and you're like, why are all these fucking tools here? Oh, they were sent here for these people, but those people never even got them. And if they would have got them, they would have just put them on their fucking shelf as like status symbols, not actually um, getting used. And yeah, it's just, it, it's just strange. It's strange. It's, it's not nearly uh, the worst thing I, that I've seen, but it was just one of those like thought-provoking, open-ended kind of <laughs> experiences that are just indicative of, of a bigger conversation, which, of course, would be all the other shit we left behind in Afghanistan, you know, when we left, which is obviously fraud, waste, and abuse uh, when it comes down to the negligence of the withdrawal. As we've seen recently, there's not really any accountability for that, for those sorts of people. So, um, that being just, said, though, what's that? I'm just thinking about the DeWalt rep that made that sale go through. He's got to be sitting pretty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Whoever he's contacting for a, you know, a core uh, contracting officer that's sitting on some bank there, if you can make quarter million dollar sale to one person one entity no yeah doubt. yeah that that's actually true yeah i didn't really think about it that way 
And then just looking at the rest of the shit that we left behind. I mean, the majority of that equipment, just so everyone's aware, because this was a hot topic uh, on the media news, but a lot of the stuff that we left behind in Afghanistan was already sourced to Afghan units. So at that point, yeah, was it still taxpayer pun tax? Ooh, taxpayer funded. Yeah. Taxpayer funded. Yes. Um, but was it just stuff that we, as the U.S. military, left behind? Technically, no. It was it was transferred over to those yahoos. So just kind of keep that in mind. But that's it. That's it. It's it's not the best story. I'll admit it. It's not my best story of the night, but you know it'll do. <laughs> well, that'll do, Donkey. <laughs> that'll do. <laughs> to uh to follow it up with what I don't think is a great story, but I think it's a perfect example of a certain type <laughs> of uh of waste. Um, hey, hey Da Vinci, are we are we planning on telling any good stories tonight? <laughs> it sounds like not. It sounds like we're just just telling duds all night. All right. Well, we'll just see. Dropping duds. So no, we we won't. We will throwing rotten eggs, seeing what sticks. <laughs> as as many playing. people know, there's a good amount of an agency's budget that is determined by what they spent and how much of their budget they utilized the financial year prior. Um, and that's kind of where my little story comes in. I yeah, was doing. In it- What's I was up? just going to say, in itself, that's such a counterintuitive financial process. Oh, it absolutely it's, is. I mean, to, so bad. to reevaluate an agency's budget every year just doesn't make any sense on the surface. Because uh, <laughs> you can be, you know, you can be tasked out to do a whole bunch of different stuff one year and need more money for that. Or, you know, you can have a slower year. I'm not going to get too much into that because it's just not my background and also completely backwards thinking but it is my background and it's not worth getting into because it will put all of our listeners to sleep it could be a good like bedtime you know like a matthew mcconaughey uh what's that app that he he tells stories yeah path five asmr (laughs) right they were talking about you could listen to it to fall asleep (laughs) 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 yeah so we'll we'll go ahead and just glass over that briefly so in order to to utilize the most of their budget, uh, one agency in particular, or yeah, I'll leave it at that, had purchased an entire pallet of Leatherman Mutts, which are the Leatherman AR-15 multi-tool. Um, and they're, they're really great for everything. Um, not sponsored, but definitely check them out. And they're like, the configuration that they had was like multi-tone and it had like the cool topographical like etching on the knife. And it was like all spec. They were like, I don't know. I'll throw a number out there. They're probably 150 bucks each and an entire pallet of them just showed up. How tall was this pallet? It was like three, four foot tall. It wasn't a full like big, big pallet, but it was, it was like 75% of the way to, being Holy a big, shit. big pallet. Yikes. And, and the guy that came down to sign for him was like, oh, yeah. It just straight up goes, yeah, we had to burn the budget. So we we still have an open contract with Leatherman, so we just bought a shit ton of these. And I was like, oh, cool. <laughs> like, yeah. I wish you were a self-funded agency because that's <laughs> taxpayer money. Like, right? 
that's my money that you just burning you on Leatherman's. You're you're doing what you can to, you know, make sure that you guys are set for next year, especially being the region headquarters. You know, blah blah blah. But like, come on, dude. <laughs> like that's yeah. that's a lot of money. But they uh, they always made sure to hook us up. I mean, I oh yeah, I got a Leatherman mutt. Not saying it nice. came from this, but I got one. Right. Yeah, nice. A couple of med kits, some uh, some kits, some Narcan. You know the good stuff. I mean, yeah. it's good to outfit your people with that with the good stuff. You yeah. know, but it was uh, I don't know. It it definitely not that I'm a, a super trusting person of the federal government, but it definitely started to spark a lot of thoughts in my brain of like, wow, this is all just absolutely absurd. You yeah. Know? And, yeah, and that wouldn't pretty... even be considered fraud, waste, and abuse. That would just be utilizing funds. I mean, maybe right. a little bit of waste, but. I'm pretty sure none of those probably got wasted. Um, yeah. I think those probably uh, are all getting utilized by someone or another person, <laughs> you know, like, I don't think that, I don't think any of those got wasted. It might have right. been a little well, bit of uh, waste <laughs> as far again, as the purchase of them, but. A certain uh, non-favorable federal law enforcement agency, um, y'all probably already had it come to mind, needed some help moving some things. And I helped them move those things. And they were, according to them, now out of spec, cry JPCs um, and a couple of other soft armor carriers. And they were going straight to the incinerator from brand new in box to the incinerator. What? Oh, cool. Like, I just dropped, you know, X percentage of my paycheck on a Cry JPC, and now, you know, X amount of weeks later, I'm literally shoveling them into the back of this truck that will be going to the furnace to be incinerated. So I'm like, guys, (laughs) like, and they're like, oh, yeah, they're all tagged, so they all have to be accounted for when we get there. I was like, you guys are all nerds, and that's why half of the country hates you. (laughs) Yeah. Well, not oh, that dude, more way go, but yeah, Oof. that's that's terrible. That's terrible. You guys, you guys well, want to hear a, a funny before, one? Yeah, before you get to that, I just, just while we're talking about Leathermans, it's just funny that you bring that up because mm. before I even had any knowledge of what fraud, waste, and abuse was or anything down that line, I remember uh, I was probably twenty, maybe nineteen helping to clean out a warehouse. It was, I'm like brand new to the military and it's, we're turning over inventory, you know, we're just going through boxes of old stuff in this old warehouse up in the mountains and it was on post, but it was, you know, kind of well removed from a lot of the training, uh, the main part of the base. And we were just up by ourselves and it was just like a, a group of kids my age with like a, a like a little bit of supervision and they were like, all right, guys, like, we're just kind of taking stuff, putting it outside and uh, the truck's going to come and pick it up. You just got to put it on these pallets. And, uh, you know, if you see anything that might be useful, uh, you know, set that off to the side and then, you know, we'll put it to good use. And by put it to good use, they meant pillage and burn as much as you can and take whatever you want. It was ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, it was yeah. a free crawl. I yeah. still have 550 cord. From that, that was over ten years ago. That was probably twelve. Oh, oh, yikes! I'm dating myself now. It's much longer than a decade ago. 
and I still <laughs> have like rolls, not like little packages of 550 cord. I'm talking about like oh yeah, schools of it. Yeah, <laughs> nice. Like Leathermans, like, and they weren't like the legit ones. They were the Gerber ones, but you know, I gave them away as gifts. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for a while. It's like, oh, it's your birthday? Here's your, oh, Father's Day? Oh, uh, random Tuesday in July? Here you go. Here's have a have a Gerber. <laughs> what do you yeah. mean? I already gave you four of these Gerbers. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I've, I've already gifted you one of these. Shoot, sorry. Oh, hey, yeah. you gave me one last year. No, it, so just a funny Leatherman Leatherman story to pile on. But yes, Midas, we do want to hear an actual funny one. Yeah. So. This one is classified as fraud, waste, and abuse, uh, you know, legally according to the army. But I think it's just hilarious because what happened was, and keep in mind too, this is secondhand story. I was not on the actual boat uh, when this happened, but um, one of my uh, earlier units in the army was uh, was a boat unit, <laughs> and yeah, they they do exist. Pretty I was going to say, what? Army has boats? Army does have, does have boats, yep. They're mostly crewed by heathens and inbreds, but they have them. <laughs> um, I thought that was I, just what the Navy used to crew their boats. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. No. Just kidding, Navy guys. That's, just kidding. We save all those people good. for the Army. We save yeah. them all for the Army. And just to clarify, when I say heathens and inbreds, that's not like, uh, you know, trying to romance the pirate life, right? Like this is more inbred than heathen. So just to clarify, uh, but anyhow, so, so in Korea, uh, doing a training exercise, I believe it was a tugboat. Yes. The army has those two, uh, called the large tug, the, the vomit comet. Cause it would fucking pitch you like none other. Uh, anyhow, so, they're over there uh, conducting an exercise and this freaking boat goes down for a transmission issue. Like something with their clutch uh, went bad. So they're scrambling, I guess like eighth army had the part or it got pushed forward from Japan. Cause we had boats in Japan as well. Um, and this, this part arrives, right? So then the chief, who uh, captains the vessel has his private one of just one of the privates on the boat swap that thing out. So he goes ahead, goes down into the engine room, swaps out the clutch, brings it up to the top deck, asks the chief what he wants to do with it. And then one of the, like the E sevens on board was like, Oh, that's a returnable part. We'll bring it back with us. And then the chief was like, well, we drew this boat from Japan. So what are we going to do? Just leave the clutch on the boat and give it to them. He's like, hell no, or something like that. And then he tells the private to throw it overboard. Uh, <laughs> just, just <laughs> instead of just yeet it, just yeet it <laughs> into the fucking water off the coast of Korea. Take that clutch and have it walk the plank. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Deep six, that mofo. So, so so this is, that's, that's funny, right? You're like, what the fuck, dude? Like, why? What? So it gets better, though, because um, unbeknownst to the chief, well, the, the battalion commander was coming around, 
to inspect vessels and just kind of check in on them and see what was going on. So she pulls up on her boat, you know, walks up the little ladder onto the, uh, the tug. And as soon as she gets on the boat, little Jamoki private all in orders, just heaves this fucking engine part out into the goddamn water <laughs> towards the front of the boat. She's getting on the back, I think. Oh, and maybe no. it was vice versa. And so there's this massive splash as soon as the BC gets on the boat. <laughs> and she's a female BC. She was actually pretty cool. But she's like, what in the fuck was that? <laughs> and then there's fucking Chief standing there. And then behind him is fucking Joe, who just threw this goddamn transmission into the harbor. <laughs> and then I guess they, uh, they 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 ended up telling her because what 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 else would they say like oh we were just throwing a fish back right like or oh yeah that was a dude we killed last night when we were out <laughs> drinking like you know what are they what are they gonna say so oh, that was the that was the fng tom he just fell off he'll be back he, he right. knows how to swim like <laughs> yeah. you tell her you gotta right. tell her yeah. something yeah man like you're totally fucked in that situation like so they did tell her, and then she uh, pretty much gave him the whole "don't ever let that happen again" discussion, <laughs> and then called it good because she was kind of a gangster. But yeah, these guys were—I don't know—it was just funny. It was just stupid. Like this whole, just picture this lieutenant colonel just like arriving on a boat right at the same time as private, basically does some illegal shit. I don't know. It was just—it was funny. Classic. Yeah, and like why they didn't want the Japanese unit to go ahead and return that and get some money back, I don't know, because that's kind of fucked up. But that kind of dumb shit happens all the time. Right. I guess we're going to go ahead and slap the explicit label on this episode. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> we're doing it. Explicit. Sorry to all the moms out there. Yeah. Oh, no, it's all, <laughs> it's all good. They swear to Speaking of speaking of uh, those moments where people walk up and you're just like, it's kind of that hand in the cookie jar sort of, you know, dropping a part off the front of the boat while the while the battalion commander is getting on at the rear of the boat. She's like, "What's going on?" In that same scenario, I was talking about earlier with, uh, you know, tactical uh, disposal and removal of all the old items. We were. In that, in that whole process of getting rid of these things and, you know, sorting through old stuff, useless stuff, you know, stuff that had been eaten through by rats, you know, there's all kinds of these old uniforms. And we were talking old uniforms, old, like, uh, what they call like God's plaid. Yeah. Like, um, I exactly, exactly. Yeah. Cause it was right after the air force had transitioned over to the tiger stripe. So we were all like getting rid of our, um, the BDUs. And so we found a bunch of those old uniforms and what they call the precursor to the MRE. Was that the K ration or the M ration or the, I know it had ration in the name, but I don't, I don't, I don't remember the exact. I'm getting, my, I'm getting my different, different eras mixed up, but it's like a K right. It's like, if you guys know what K rations are, it might be K ration. I, I should have looked it up, but, it's basically a meal in a bag, right? Just like an MRE meal ready to eat. Um, and we found these things and they're like Vietnam era. 
think it's K ration, but Vietnam era MREs in this warehouse. Still just sitting there. Just sitting there. I mean, we're talking, <laughs> it's got to be at least 35 years, 40 years after Vietnam was over. Oh, they're and probably still are, good. I mean, we tried them, of course. <laughs> we cracked a couple of those things open. They weren't good, but, you know, they were, you probably could survive on them. Yeah, I but mean, they probably these... weren't good when they started. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. They probably weren't. That's fraud, waste, and abuse. Whoever came up with that program, like, let's put all these dog biscuits and bags and ship them over to these guys. Like, it's not only yeah. cruel, unusual punishment; it's also fraud, waste, and abuse. You get <laughs> double whammy there. But uh, yeah, so this supervisor is telling us, "All right, well, got you know, we got to get rid of this stuff, and the proper way to dispose of that is." fire right like you're supposed to cut them up and burn them or take them to an incinerator you know to properly dispose of the uniform well we're just dumb 19 year olds unbeknownst to us these things are flame retardant of course so we've got these k rations we pile them into these burn barrels i mean they're just old rusty barrels out in the middle of nowhere he's like all right guys we got to get this done before uh you know the co shows up and we're piling this stuff in there we got like lighter fluid for the grill and we're just pouring it on and these k rations are smoking and it smells like burnt dog shit i mean it smelled horrible and they're just smoking because the uniforms are all piled on top of them and this major (laughs) rolls up (laughs) in a humvee and is like what in the world is going on here like, cause there's people stuffing their pockets with Gerber knives. And then on the other side of the parking lot, we've got these burn barrels up and we're just burning old uniforms while well, trying to burn old uniforms with camp with a like grill lighter fluid and burning K rations underneath them. <laughs> like we're just trying our best here, guys. Come on, give us a break. And he's like, all right, I'm going to come back in two hours. And this better be gone. <laughs> like, get whatever you're doing done and get over it. So, yeah, just kind another. Of, kind of a bro move. Yeah, I mean, it was cool about it. But at the same time, it was like, man, <laughs> just we're just burning. I mean, they're brand new. They had tags on them. I mean, they had tags yeah. on them from the 90s, well, but they still had tags on them. Same, hmm. same kind of situation, you know? That's the whole military philosophy, right? Of like, back to the uh, boat transmission. Like, if you don't if you don't like it, make it disappear. <laughs> exactly. Get new stuff because you need to yeah. replace your inventory. Keep spending that money. Get the same budget. Get the same budget you got last year, you know. All right. I want to hear about I want to hear about some some more deployment stories. Midas, you got anything for us? Uh any good ones? Yeah. Yeah. So This is kind of funny. Um, So when you're you're overseas, you encounter some really interesting situations. And this was was definitely on that list of just weird things. It's not particularly glorious. It's it's just kind of -of run-of-the-mill stuff, but it's still really interesting. So... Basically, we had, at the time when I was working with the Special Mission Wing, they had a bunch of helicopters there that had been 
flown too much. Basically they, they'd gone way over on hours. Um, to the point where they couldn't actually be serviced. So it was like a, a dead airframe at that point. And basically at the side of every single airfield in Afghanistan, there was this like aircraft graveyard that was forming <laughs> just due to their inability to maintain their own vehicles and aircraft. So it was kind of an interesting situation because we had some of those aircraft kicking around there. Uh, and then one day, I was working with. Yeah, it's weird. It's like the boneyards that we have like out in the Midwest of just fields and fields full of mm-hmm. like Abrams tanks and big aircraft and just stuff that's sitting out in fields. Just. Yeah, it's just doing it's, nothing. It's super weird. Super weird. It's eerie. And then it like makes you wonder. And it, it always made me think like there's something that could have been done with these that would just make a lot more sense than leaving this investment to just rot right yeah just sit out in a field and rot somewhere yeah tires yeah. are rotting off it and right yeah and it's like are in the motherboards and <laughs> yeah and i'm yeah. like dude i would if somebody was like oh that little bird over there that md we'll say oh little birds are md500s but they had md530s over there if you were like oh that md530 yeah, it's over on hours. It will never fly again. I'd be like, fucking watch me. <laughs> Hold my beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I'm taking it home. Right. We're going to figure this out. Exactly. One way or another. Bro Neil's going to fucking pull some crazy manual out of his garage, and he's going to know exactly what to do. <laughs> exactly. Uh-uh. But anyhow, so a uh, certain agency approached me. Uh, we'd been working with them, doing some different things. Um. We'll just call them uh, OGA for the sake of this podcast. Um, OGA comes over and they're like, hey, dude, uh, we know that you guys fly these aircraft and we happen to fly some of the same aircraft. But we have like basically half their fleet was down for this clutch part. Once again, another clutch, another clutch issue. Damn clutches will get you. Did some private throw it off the off the boat or <laughs> off the boat in the middle yeah, of in, in landlocked off, Afghanistan? Off, <laughs> off the, yeah, it float off the bird mid mission. Yeah. No, no. Um and they they wanted to basically find one. They're like, hey, can you get us some? And so at that point, we reach out to the the core and all those mofos and we're like, hey. Hey, I resemble that remark. You resemble that? Yeah, the core. Resent. I, I resemble that. As in, that's you're, you're talking about my people. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. But no, you wouldn't. You wouldn't claim this one. I try you not actually, to claim any of them. Yeah, you actually might know who they are. But anyhow. <laughs> um, Basically, it became this whole fiasco. She was like wanting to know who needed it and why and started getting into like, well, it needs to be attached to an airframe and we need serial numbers and all this shit. And I was like, there was a lot more to it than that. There was 
lines of accounting. There was yeah, colors of, of money. There was, yeah, of course. there was just a ton of shit. And we're like, she just trying to prevent that fraud, waste and abuse, you know, you know what I'm saying? Well, <laughs> yeah, probably. Honestly, <laughs> yeah, even though exactly her right. herself was a fraud and a Ooh. waste, but anyhow, um, <laughs> moral of the story is, me and uh, I'll call him Jay for the purpose of this podcast. We uh, um, decided that we should definitely take a look at all those helicopters that were just burnt out there on the on the field <laughs> and see if they had the part that they were looking for. Did you guys and, go dumpster uh, diving? Yeah, so he's like, okay, I'll come back at like 9 o'clock. I was like, all right, that sounds good. So he swings over around 9 p.m., uh, we go out there. I bring a couple uplift kids, just push them out. And we're like crawling over these, uh, helicopters and tearing into them. And then we find this fucking part and sure enough, there it is. So he's like, can I have this? And I was like, yeah, man, <laughs> what, whatever. Fuck it. Take it. Like this bird literally cannot fly anymore. Like nobody's going to attempt to fly this thing. And if this is the part that can get you a live aircraft that you can fly a mission with, like why, why would I take the course of, of that other lady and just like be, she was being intentionally obstructionist. Like it was like everything that could possibly be used in that scenario was being used. And I was like, fuck that. So, right. Yeah. So we gave them one and then, uh, they fit it up and yeah, the bird flew great. So then he came back and uh, we got him like four or five more, (laughs) gave him a couple spares. And uh, then he came back and brought me so much whiskey, (laughs) so much whiskey. It was insane. Like I had all my homies had whiskey because of that little deal. And it was just funny, man. It's like you had the core Mm-hmm. trying to reduce fraud, waste, and abuse, but she was also kind of on a power trip too, so there was that. Uh, but then you had me knowing that, well, one, if we ordered them brand new, then we're yeah. still... Think about how much money that throwing, costs versus yeah. spending a couple hours crawling over, you know. Yeah. Uh, Jay spent Darryl 120 bucks on whiskey instead, and he got the job done, you right. know? Yeah. With your boy. So <laughs> at the end of the day, that was just kind of funny. It was like she was trying to reduce it, but in the end, I did. Right. Yeah. That's cool. Funny. Yeah. See, that's like a that's a good, that's a success fraud, waste, and abuse story right there. Yeah. Well, you just need a flashlight and an agency dude. <laughs> Who gives you whiskey? whiskey. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. I mean, I well, just like the imagery of Midas out in Afghanistan being like the scrap lord. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's just like, I I have everything that you need yeah. if you can compensate the man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like none of that green vodka shit. I want the potato. <laughs> I'm not She's a big... wearing a trench coat in the middle of <laughs> Afghanistan in the summer, sweating. <laughs> right? like I have, I have my wares. <laughs> Please take a look. 
<laughs> yeah, you like open it. You got like several different aircraft clutches there. Do you need bolts right? and safety wire? <laughs> I have bolts and safety. Half off for you, Habibi. Yes, you, need, you, need, you need toilet seat from Boeing 757? I got you. Only the president has eight of these. Well, he had eight of these. Exactly. It's like uh, a guy by, in- by the way. Oh, go ahead. Um, on the on the side of the tarmac at Kaya, uh, oh Hamid Karzai, we'll call it H Kaya Hamid Kar Hamid, holy shit, <laughs> Hamid Karzai International Airport. There were a couple of uh, Afghan uh, presidential Boeing seven five sevens there. There were two of them that were painted white, and we'll uh, we'll put up a picture of of me there uh, with one. And yeah, we got him those so he could jet around the country and like be global and regional and go and visit Islamabad and other places, maybe even Tehran, I don't know. And yeah, they never actually flew anywhere once they they landed. Classic. They just sat there. Just like status symbols of like homeboy with his jets. And yeah. the lab set of maintenance so fast that like it was like two presidents before uh Ashraf Ghani and he couldn't even fly around in the fucking thing if he wanted to. The thing was shot. Right. So it's like, why did we buy two jumbo jets? Yeah. I mean not not really jumbo. Seven five sevens aren't huge, but I mean it's not a Cessna. <laughs> No, not a Cessna. <laughs> exactly. Definitely not a Cessna. It's not a Cessna. Uh, that checks out. Yeah. Yeah. Anyhow, basically, just, so you can just slap the you can just slap the fraud, waste, and abuse label on everything that happened in that country. Well, speaking of which, did you happen to see anything while you were over there that you were like, "Wow, that is uh, yeah, that is excessive." Yeah. Speaking of, you know, you good good news story. Preventing fraud, waste, and abuse. You, those things were just wasting away in the field. And good news story. Midas found some parts, made some aircraft fly, got after the mission. On the opposite side of the spectrum, we have the embassy in downtown Kabul, which you would think is like kind of a rough and tumble place because it's Kabul, Afghanistan, right? No, not rough tumble. At all. Yeah. Hell no, not in that compound. But. I remember the first time that I visited that place. You know, you walk it and you get that, you land in the helicopter and you get there and it's, you know, it looks like Afghanistan. You know, picture, you know, most of the movies get it mostly right. It's all dusty and dirty and there's trash everywhere. And you're kind of walking through and there's like a little shopping area and, you know, these guys are trying to sell you, you know, Gucci, but it's, you know, it's spelled with, k's instead of c's and you know they're all the watches are off by like one letter and so it's typical right and you're like all right this is business as usual you're walking through and then you actually get to the embassy compound and we walk through the gates on this thing and i felt i mean it was surreal i felt like i was instantly like transported to like washington dc like just going through the gate, going through the security checkpoint, you go through yeah. and enter entirely enclosed little compound. And it was like little America inside of Afghanistan. Yeah. 
It, it really was, man. Like people are walking around, like people that are off duty or in flip flops and shorts. Then there's people that are on duty, but they're just walking around like suit and tie, briefcase. Um, I'm like, did you take the metro here, or like, what's <laughs> going on? Like, right. what what is happening? And we walk through the this one little quad area, like in some of the, I think it was embassy housing. Yeah. And Forrest Gump is mowing the lawn and it looks like Tiger Woods backyard. I mean, it was pristine. <laughs> you could eat off that lawn. Yeah. I mean, it was like yeah. exactly two inches of Bermuda hybrid number five. It was <laughs> perfect green. It, like my, you could not get a turf field that green. I mean, it was yeah. perfect. Yep. They had a volleyball court that was like raked and symmetrical and perfect. Yeah. Was, I couldn't believe it. I was like, and then we're, we're standing there with our M4s. <laughs> I'm fully strapped. Just, and people are looking at us like, who are these jokers? Like, what are you guys doing here? Yeah, Why do you have all these guns? Right. <laughs> it's like, it's like fucking Afghanistan. You know where you are? Yeah, man. Damn. It was crazy. I was like, think about how much, how much money that, little patch of grass cost because that guy probably mowed it every day or every other day. Well, yeah. And that's the whole, his whole reason for being there. Right. And, and that contract even opened to begin with. Yeah. Is that patch a full-time of dog, like full-time job for him. And I'm pretty sure he didn't cut that grass for free. Like Forrest Gump did, you know, you know, we invested in some fruit company and we made so much money. I cut that grass for free. You know, I'm pretty sure he wasn't cutting it for free. That contractor definitely wasn't charging nothing to cut that grass. That was pretty back. good. That was pretty good. <laughs> Lieutenant Dan, you got new legs. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> All right. All right. Um, speaking of Afghanistan. Oh, I no. We got to talk about it. We, we got to we... talk about it. We should have led with this one because yeah, we probably should have. Everybody, yeah. everybody stopped listening after the first two stories. <laughs> oh yeah, dude! Everyone's like, "Wow, this is fucking lame." They have no good content to talk to about today. They already went to sleep. I know. Well, you know, if you did, then friends, I'm glad we were able to calm your brain <laughs> and uh, give you a little bit of peace. But uh, yeah, so so this this particular story is like so fucked up so fucked up it's it's bonkers like just the fact that this even occurred this loco man blows my mind and i think it summarizes the entire conflict so Ooh, once again like that this is a another afghan story um those are so much fun so so basically when you order big things in afghanistan um you would end up on this like two to three year sourcing cycle, typically, right? It takes a while. And even though you might only be in Afghanistan for a year at a time or 18 months or six months or three months, whatever, if, if you play a part in that cycle, then awesome. But back home in DC and other places, there's, directors of policy in the army and other organizations that really dictate approval on some of these items uh, and some of these orders. Well, at least that's, that's 
kind of what I thought, you know, but um, then other times things seem to just, we'll say they sneak through the filter. This is one of those times. So when you order something in the military, in the system, there's a quantity and then a unit of issue and unit of issue is super important because it will say exactly what you're ordering. So for instance, if you were to order one DeWalt drill, you're like, okay, unit of issue is just tool, right? Individual tool. You'd be like, okay, cool. Got it. One 20 foot container of DeWalt. You'd be like, oh shit. Okay. That's the unit of issue. That's, that's a lot. Oh, it contains, I don't know. 357 of these fucking things. And you'd be like, okay, well, at least now I know. So that way, if I want two DeWalt drills, I'm not ordering two containers of DeWalt drills. Right. So hopefully that makes sense to everyone. Um, yes. It's a, it's a very important step. Yes. Yes. Gotta, it is. So, that. <laughs> yes. So what happened was uh, sometime in the past, probably two, three years prior to me even showing up, uh, some jack wagon had ordered, what was it? Like $1.1 million, I believe. Yeah, I think it was. So I think they had originally ordered, what, like 250 targets? I think it was 250 targets. And they were looking at unit of issue each right well but yeah i yeah. think it was i think it was in the one one point something million dollar range yeah yeah and that's the whole gist of it right so these these guys they went to order like davinci was just saying like 250 like boxes of targets or something or 250 targets probably yeah 250 target we think right well what they ended up doing was basically ordering uh it was like 250 of these like mega crates yeah they got of, 250 of boxes not 250 targets and they these weren't were like little beyond but bo- yeah these were huge boxes like three to the level of a pallet like yeah that they were size it was they were they were chunky because picture a human you know silhouette target right like they're they're not small, so if you gotta put a bunch of those in a box, the boxes are quite large. Um, so what happened was they wanted to do some aerial qualification, most likely, um, for the door gunners, and well, they didn't quite read the units of issue. And then the person above them who was set to approve that didn't quite read that either. Nor did they apparently read the amount associated with this amount of targets because it's obviously astronomically large. Like I would scoff at somebody spending a thousand dollars on targets. I'd be like, Holy shit, dude. Like, do you not have any more? Like, what are you doing? Like just cause targets are not expensive whatsoever. And you can get a shitload of them. And we're talking $1.1 million in targets. Like it might've yeah. been 1.3. <laughs> it was, it was, it might've been, it was an that. odd number. I That's know that. That's a girthy amount of targets. Oh, it was so much paper. It was stupid. <laughs> so, and I didn't even know about it. Right. Because it's fucking two years prior. Like, I don't know what fucking idiot ordered that. I don't know their name. I don't know anything about them. I'm probably sitting in their chair. I don't know who the fuck they were. 
And the the kicker was was that all this shit got approved up to the highest level of approval for these items. And then it was sourced by a contractor. And then it was fucking sent via container ship to Pakistan. And that's when I got the phone call from the fucking higher command. Well, it was Task Force J4. It was like, hey, dude, uh, what's up with all these? I'm like, I don't know, man. Like, I didn't order them. <laughs> He's like, okay, well, you need to figure out what you're going to do with them because... Uh, it looks like they're arriving on this date. And I was like, oh, all right, whatever. And at that point, I'm like, I still don't understand the gravity of the situation. <laughs> it's like, hey, you got some targets. They're stuck in Karachi. What are you going right. to do with them when they get here? It's like, well, it's a few targets. I'm going to throw them in a storage shed or shoot a couple of them. Like, what are you yeah. talking about? Yeah, I'm like, whatever the fuck ever. Like, it's nothing, <laughs> nothing I need to be worrying about. Well, then they apparently get held up in Karachi, as all things do, and or did, rather. And then I get a phone call from uh, this dude who speaks really broken English. Um, he's like this contractor who's trying to basically bid on the transfer of all this shit. From Pakistan. Is that the Pakistani guy? Yeah. Who was trying to... Uh... Yeah, and he like wouldn't stop calling us. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that motherfucker. But anyhow, he he thought this was like the trip of a lifetime. And I, I once again, I still didn't understand why until he got down to... I was like, well, how many trucks are we talking about? And he was like, oh, 25. I was like, wait a minute. I was like... <laughs> I was like, 25 trucks? And I was like, okay, yeah, there's no way. I was like, this must be a lot of task force shit that's just is sitting there that's been delayed. I was like, so then I passed that up to uh, to hire J4, and they were like, <laughs> the Aussies were like, no, mate, that's all your trucks. And I was like, what? How is this all my trucks? <laughs> and he's like, because, mate, you got 257 pallets of targets. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, what do you mean? And he's like, it's like, he's like, well, oh man, I don't rightly know. I wasn't here, and neither were you. But uh, you got to figure out what you're doing with him, okay? And I was like, no, <laughs> it's not okay, my friend. I'm like, what the fuck am I gonna do with 25 truckloads of fucking paper targets? I was like, I'm and thinking in my head, and that's the point where we started praying that they got robbed in Karachi and well, somebody just stole them all. Yeah. So at that point, people don't quite understand like how bad Afghanistan was. Shit was really going downhill fast. It was starting, it was starting to be the wild West all over again. So any of those logistics convoys coming in were fucking fair game. Like the Taliban were burning those fuckers down all the time and causing some real issues. Right. Cause the yeah. ANA couldn't secure the ring road which is that big ass road we made that goes all the way around mm-hmm. Afghanistan and connects all the key provincial capitals. There's a fraud, waste and abuse story for you. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Right. We keep tripping over them. <laughs> Jeez. It's like well, stepping in dog shit. Yeah. You literally can't take a step in that country without tripping over some type of fraud, waste and abuse. Yeah. So. It's, it's so true. So true. But anyhow, um, 
Yeah, so that was that was that whole thing. It was just like this all these fucking targets. And then we got to the point where like they were held up in Karachi for so long. And then at that point I stopped doing the logistics advising bit and I moved back into the operational side. And uh I was just like Dude, I just don't want to deal with this. Like whatsoever. I was thinking I was like, dude, we're gonna have to have like a uh, Afghan outreach day where we just fucking hand this shit out like <laughs> like lord of war style with yeah, this fucking right. plane yep. getting dismantled in africa mm-hmm. like just let them exactly come and take this shit and burn it for heat in the winter like yeah exactly I, just take I, all all 25 trucks drive them down the ring road with you got 25 trucks and one school bus to get all your drivers, everybody just park the trucks. Yeah. Everybody get off the trucks, leave them unlocked, get the school bus, and leave. Yeah, those things will be empty in a day. Dude, I know, I know. So we were we were thinking about having to do that, like just put the containers out in Zombie Land and let them come, you know. And uh, I don't know, they never showed up when I was there, so I don't know what happened to them. Still stuck in Karachi. Probably, yeah, still. <laughs> probably, <laughs> probably collect an interest. Just, there's, oh, some, God. there's some boss, <laughs> some crime boss in Karachi who's got a storage yard just with 25 containers worth of paper targets. He's yeah. Like, Damn it. They left before I could get this money. <laughs> yeah, dude. He thought he was going to leverage so all these bad. boxes of gear and it was just paper targets. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's that, that's actually funny. That's the flip side of the coin. <laughs> he was hoping it was full of like, uh, you know, like EOTEX and NVGs and good stuff. And NVGs and it's just, he opens up the boxes. It's, they're like, it's time to loot. America is gone. A bunch of zombie targets. <laughs> just paper <laughs> targets. <laughs> Can you imagine the look of disappointment? And they, they do it over and over and over and over yeah. again. Every time they open up a new Dude, truck, they're like, every is this for real? It's 25 targets. containers of Ron Jeremy and Macaulay Culkin. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so bad. Yeah, we Surprise definitely Mike should have from Grantham didn't swoop in on that. Right? He probably, uh, could probably get a deal on it. You should hit him up. Yeah, I should. Like, Yo, Mike. Yo. If you need some targets, there's probably 25 containers of them sitting in Karachi. (laughs) You could get a good discount on them. Yeah, yeah, man. Then the beginning of his videos, he could be like, oh, this is sponsored by uh, America's Ammunition and Path 5 for giving me all these awesome targets. (laughs) I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Yeah. All right. Now, finally, in conclusion, I want to hear about the great Flipple Robin Hood. I've heard, I've heard legends from Sherwood Forest about the great uh, Flipple Robin Hood. There's yeah. been rumblings through the army, the Sherwood Army Forest. Yeah. But I want to hear about him. He's He sounds like someone who, uh, you know, doesn't steal anything, but stops the, the rich and powerful from shitting on the little guy. Yeah. So let me ask you a question. I shall, give you, I shall give well. you an answer. Okay. Have you ever like looked back at yourself back in the day and you're like, damn, I was based or damn, I was not so based. I needed, I needed an education. You ever done that? 
Yeah. A yeah. little base check on yourself. It's always good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know what that means. All right, bro, Neil. Break it down for the. It's, you know, if it's based, it's just like, it's a really grounded and like well thought out way of thinking. You're not letting. Down to earth. Yeah, you're, you're like not letting in emotions fact. get into it. You're just like, yes. this is the right thing to do. This you is what's going say, on. We just don't say that anymore. We just leave that off. Right. Yeah. Based. Gotcha. Dude, cool. it's 2023. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. Well, sometimes I feel like one of the older guys on the team, and this is one of those times. Okay. <laughs> yes. All the kids are saying, and it's completely bussin' for real, for real. That one I know. <laughs> FR, yeah. FR. I'm uh, yeah. I'm starting to realize like I'm I'm missing things. I need to I need to catch up. Anytime I see FR that abbreviation, I want to slap the crap out of whoever's doing it. <laughs> oh my god! All yeah, right, for so, real, for real, for real, for real. For real. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, All right. All right. At once upon a time, there was a battalion S4 who felt like Sherwood Forest was pretty lame and could get a lot cooler. So, he decided when tasked by the local sheriff of Nottingham <laughs> with um love story time. Yeah. With uh oh man, you derailed me. Fuck. I Sorry. was there. I was there, man. I was in the, the forest. Sheriff, the sheriff of Nottingham. Yeah. All right, thank you. Yeah. The sheriff of Nottingham <laughs> uh tasked Robin Hood. Oh no, sorry, tasked the battalion S4 with uh managing all the financial loss. <laughs> Investigations, also known as flipples in the army, which I mean, I think all battalion S fours have that under their uh, list of required shitty job, many jobs in their job description. So, anyhow, got tasked with uh, investigating, managing all the investigating officers, uh, as well as administering all of their paperwork and answering all their questions whenever they had a question with regards to flipples. So that battalion S4 did all of those things. However, that battalion S4 quickly started to see a pattern in which uh, junior really lower enlisted were coming up on the short end of the stick, having lost quite a few items that were undoubtedly stolen by people who were probably higher in rank than them. And that just seemed to occur on a frequent basis. So that battalion S4 at the conclusion of the investigation was supposed to take all of those uh, findings over to finance so that they could be acted upon. And basically finance would go ahead and garnish the pay of that individual who's identified as, as being responsible for the, the financial loss. Uh, so finance is like the, Evil tax collector of, yeah, uh, yeah, of Nottingham. Nottingham. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, sheriff tells him to go out and do that kind of thing. Quickly discovers that that task is not what he thought it would be. So then he decides to start diverting certain bits of paperwork from the tax collectors into the shredder. 
into yeah. the shredder. <laughs> yeah. Like creating Sorry. Confetti them, for birthday parties. Songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The birthday yeah. party confetti for his uh for his poor people of Notting Nottingham. Right, because at the end of the day, uh, you're sitting in an organization that wastes more fucking money than we will ever even know. And then or, you want to go make, ahead and or make in our or, lifetime. Right, exactly. Yes. And then they want to go in the same breath and take money from their own soldiers. Um, especially ones like the lower enlisted were always getting the short end of the stick. And, and those are the, the really young guys and girls with, you know, a crying baby or two at home who driving a shitty car that's going to break down on them any fucking week. And it, it's like, these are the people that we're taking money from after we're taking their time. How is that acceptable? Yeah, not to exactly. mention, you know, and trust me, there were some that I did pass on to finance, right? Because there were some where people were negligent or they were caught stealing shit. And then it's like, okay, well, yeah, that that's righteous. And, but there's just so many others that just weren't, you know? Yeah, just, for sure. Just couldn't, couldn't do it, man. Right. And that's yeah. how Robin Hood was born. The flipple Robin Hood. It's a great bedtime story. See, we could have put that at the beginning along with uh, the other Path 5 ASMR sleep, sleepy time. Yeah. You know, it could have been a- I'm feeling pretty sleepy. I'm about ready. <laughs> He's right there. He's right there. Yeah, man. I mean, fraud, waste, and abuse, you know, it's pervasive. It's throughout all government agencies. It's, I mean, any, any organization that, uh, you know, that gets up to a certain size, right? I was watching, my wife and I were watching 1923 this weekend, um, the precursor to the fabled Yellowstone show. And they were talking about the rule of 20, uh, the rule of 500, right? And societies that are smaller than 500 can govern themselves with any, without any real government structure, right? And once a society, and this is like, you know, purely based on the show 1923. I haven't done any research whatsoever uh, to verify if this is actually like a scientific study that was done, but it sounds pretty good. But societies that are smaller than 500 can govern themselves without any government. Societies that are bigger than 500, people start to prey. The stronger, smarter, tougher people then start to prey on the weaker people in that society. And then they require government. And once you require government, then fraud, waste, and abuse starts to happen. I think the same thing goes for corporations. You know, if you work in a big corporation, you probably see a lot of it. Like people are like, why is this, you know, why do we have 25 truckloads of paper stacked in the basement? (laughs) And they're like, well, you know, we'll probably use it eventually. So we got it. And somebody just bought it, you know, Dunder Mifflin made a killing. I don't know. Like, it's just one of those, it's one of those things. It's one of those facts that we all kind of deal with. And, you know, in the government, the end of the fiscal year is a huge one, right? And me, I'm an acquisitions dude. That's what I do. And it pains me sometimes to see the stuff, you know, buying a pallet of Leatherman's or, you know, purchasing uh, probably a bunch of paper targets. At the end of the year, that's probably what that was. I mean, 
somebody didn't check the numbers, but that's probably what that was. Like, oh, we got some money left. We got to burn it. Let's buy some paper towel, paper, <laughs> paper targets. We'll be there for a while. They can go through all those targets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Or let's buy a bunch of DeWalt tools, you know, like just these things that get purchased because if you don't spend all your money, you get less money the year after because that's a way to get rid of the deficit right there. That's that's a good strategy. Yeah, it's like trickle down, but not really, but also kind of, but definitely not. <laughs> also kind of not at all. Not at all. Exactly. <laughs> well, but, yes, but actually no. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It's uh, now we're starting to sound like our politicians. Oop, tinfoil hat. We're just not. We're just talking and not saying anything. But yeah, that's just another example of stuff that we do at the end of the year because our budgets don't align. You know, like I've purchased some stupid stuff. Some things I said I'm not going to buy that because that is too dumb. But you know, other things. If you can justify it and sleep at night, yeah, okay, purchase it. But it's just a change that we need to make in not only the federal system, but also, uh, I mean, not only the Department of Defense, but also like the federal system as a whole, because we continually go through this, oh, we're going to shut down the government, you know, we're we're hitting the debt ceiling. We're doing all these different things. And we're like, okay, well then rethink the way that you do your financial system. Because literally every unit or every organization or every agency at the end of every year, if they haven't spent every dime that is allocated to them, they get punished. Yep. And then they're going to go out and buy two pallets of post-it notes because, hey, (laughs) that gets our are non-used to $3. Exactly. Might as well burn that cash. It's like we got $16,273.38 that we got to buy. What can we buy for that? And not to be too libertarian about it. But You be as libertarian as you want, sir. Looking at self-funded agencies and the way that self-funded agencies spend money kind of makes sense. Because they're working off an actual budget and they're looking at actual profits and, and cost of doing business. Yeah. Whereas yeah, it'd be good other if federal we entities. I mean, an actual budget. There was. Uh, it, and not a budget in the way that the federal government defines it, right? Yeah. We call it a budget. It's not a budget. It's not. It's, it's, a, it's a, this is how we're going to spend all this money. Yeah. Yeah. It's an allocation of funds. It's not even a budget. It's not how we. Are we regular people call budgets? No, budget is you place it and you don't budge, right? <laughs> like you don't budget. You don't budget. Oh. oh, but yeah, it's it's insane. It's insane to see it all. Um, yeah, it really is. It really is. It's I don't know. It, it's something that you know gets hyper fixated on, especially this time of year when they're talking about raising the debt ceiling yet again or not, and then defaulting on loans and then who knows what's going to happen to the U S economy as a whole. And it's like, God, if there was just less fraud, waste and abuse. We'd all be in a better place. <laughs> we would. We absolutely would. That's a good point actually. Yeah. No, I appreciate you bringing that up. I think that's a really good thing just for people to think about, you know, and if you are in, a government job that 
happens to deal with money, just think about that. You know, if you're going to try to spend money at the end of the year, do it on something that's responsible. But, you know, that's what we, we always preach here, you know, education, responsibility, look after your, look after your teammates, look after your friends and family. And, uh, you know, just think about, about. just think about those second and third order effects of that two, two, two pallets of, uh, sticky notes or the one pallet of, uh, of Leatherman's that you're purchasing. But we so appreciate you guys sticking around for us. If you didn't fall asleep in the first 10 minutes, um, (laughs) and, uh, it's been so fun sharing all our crazy stories. If you guys have anything that you want us to talk about, please hit us up on Instagram and let us know what you think. And we would be pumped to do it. So check out again, the campsite, check out the new merch. We got some more shirts dropping later this summer. And uh, it has been a pleasure sharing another Path 5 podcast with you. I can't believe we've been going for three years. This is the fourth season. It's crazy. Yeah, it's wild, man. It's, crazy. it's been one hell of a journey. Super and fun. and we, love gotten, hearing, we love hearing feedback. Yeah. Yeah, we've gotten some awesome, awesome feedback from folks. Yeah, yeah so and, keep giving it to us. We love user suggestions. You know, we... Uh, we're always pumped to talk about what you guys want to hear about. So please let us know and uh, we will see you again on the next one. Cheers. See ya.